0: Just like that, the second hour is here, OutKick 360 across the OutKick. Now, we're glad you're with us. Hutton Withrow with you. Jordan Schultz from The Score, NFL Insider. He'll be with us coming up in about 20 minutes with some of the headlines, which include Derek Carr and his upcoming visit this evening with the New York
2: Jets. What does Jordan Schultz not cover? Because I feel like the first time we ever had him on one of our shows, Hutton, he talked NBA.
0: Yeah, he there was, was. NBA
2: news he was breaking.
0: He's very. And then we had him on again well. to
2: talk in Dominican Sue news. He's connected a lot of different places. No doubt. He's definitely mainly NFL, but I feel like he's reported on a lot of sports.
0: Always a great visit with him. Yeah. Uh, Jordan with us in, in 20 minutes. Um, some of the headlines out there today uh, Aaron Jones, running back for the Packers, expected to be a free agent? No. Uh, he's a- agreed to a restructured deal. 11 million dollars they've reworked that contract he's going to make 11 million this upcoming season he'll remain a green bay packer in the backfield who's going to be his quarterback uh, remains to be seen but you know it's it's an interesting the point that no one's making is what if aaron rodgers emerges from this darkness retreat and says you know what i want to remain a green bay packer are the packers mentally done with aaron rodgers as Aaron Rodgers tries to mentally prepare for what he wants to do next are they ready to just say you know what now we're, we're going to move on from Jordan Love or do you have to respect that and say yeah we'd like to have you back let's load up and go because that's how
2: they've treated it the last two years they would be shocked if that was his answer but I think their answer to that would be let's go but you've got to –
0: re I mean, where they are cap-wise, they have to rework his contract too. Yeah, let's, let's
2: rework it. Let's yeah. talk business now. Do you really want to win? Because if you want that – Let's go. We're going to have to rework a lot of things, and then we'll go do everything we can to help you win a Super Bowl. Right? I mean, that's the response to yeah. me. Now, if Aaron Rodgers says, I'm not reworking a thing, then, okay, you're traded. You know, that's, that's probably the Packers' response to that. Because I, they – I'm with you, Hutton. They, they have to have just moved on mentally, thinking we got to find a trade partner with this team. Even after they paid him. Yeah, we got to find a trade partner. we got to figure out our future. we got to figure out if we're going to have someone else at quarterback or if Jordan Love is the answer. So they're definitely thinking that. If Aaron Rodgers says, I want to stay a Packer, that's the next response from the Packers. Then let's rework it. Let's get some cap flexibility. Let's figure out a way to help you around you so we can make another run. That would be the conversation, I think. It was tough
0: for some players to run at Super Bowl 57 on that turf. The turf developers, which have been uh, widely uh, discussed this week uh, from Oklahoma State on this Tahoma 31, whatever, uh, the the grass that they use, that they developed, uh, that they use on golf courses. Um, The turf developers are blaming the NFL um, not their overall uh, research with this, which spent a, a ton of money on the scientists that developed and patented this Tahoma 31 uh, grass. The quote is to the Tulsa world uh, that they had no role in creating or preparing the field for Super Bowl 57. Tahoma 31 was used for the base layer, but the field was also seeded with a top layer of ryegrass, which is slick leaf, leaf surfaces when damp. That and other factors may have contributed to the traction issues during play. So let me. They also, you. the statement also says that Tahoma 31 is used at
2: Lincoln Financial Field. Which you have mentioned before as a problem. Let me give you a little analogy here. If we do this show and a mic doesn't work because mm-hmm. the mic company yep. screwed something up within the mic, yep. or the internet here goes down, it's Matt's and there's problem. nothing we can do about it, right? Yeah. Absolutely nothing that OutKick or Fox could have done about it. Mm -hmm. But that happened. Who's going to get the tweets about our show not being on? Who's going to get the emails and the calls about something going wrong? Is it going to be the company that made this mic? Or is it going to be people tweeting us at OutKick about the show being off the air? Who's going to get the blame for it? My point is, this is the NFL's problem. They can talk about different breeds of grass, And all the things that went wrong with the company and the research the company did and all of that. This is the NFL and this is the Super Bowl. If something is screwed up, it's not your vendor's fault. It's not who you hired. They are the NFL. When you hire them, they are representing you. You are them. You are one and the same. You don't get to respond to hate tweets by saying it's all on them. Nothing we could do about it. It's on you. Just like if something goes wrong here, it's on us. We can talk about it all day and say what happened, but ultimately, even if we can do nothing about it, yeah. people are going to blame us. That's the way it works when it's your product. The Super Bowl is your product. It's not, what's the name of the research or the grass or whatever? It's, not, 31. it's not Nahoma 31's problem. <laughs> it's the NFL's problem, period. Well, so they've had make all problem the excuses before. you want. It doesn't even matter.
0: on turf. They've had this problem in Canton where they paint the thing and then they can't play the game because it's slick. But that game you can cancel.
2: This one you can't. And there's an issue when the kicker can't kick off well. It just To me, it just goes right back to Park Avenue
1: in I'm, New York. That, that's that's where the
2: problem ends. I mean, it's, again, things happen. You know, there are things that are out of your control. This was in their control. They let someone else take control of it. And it bit them in the backside. And now they want to point fingers, but it's ultimately on the NFL. And it's not a national emergency. The game is over. There were no huge injuries because of it. That slick surface produced a great game. So the NFL they ultimately did. is happy. I mean, people scoring. are talking about one of the best Super Bowls ever, high scoring, You're went right. down to the last second field goal. That part of it was great. So I guess what I'm saying is I don't want to hear about this from them. I don't want to hear about excuses from them. Just own it. Say you'll be better. We'll figure it out for the next one and move on because you had a great Super Bowl, a good season, and
0: that's all that matters. Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields doesn't want to play on grass. He wants to play on turf. He wants a dome. Uh, this coming after the Bears have finalized the acquisition for Arlington Heights, the racetrack, which is going to be the future home of the Chicago Bears stadium. And they've released some renderings and everything looks great. Fields is asking, hey, I'd love to play in a dome, uh, not outside in the weather and all the conditions. And all I can think about, Chad, is week one, Justin Fields against Trey Lance, San Francisco at Chicago and the awful conditions, which, I mean, that wasn't the only game that produced those weather conditions. Uh, Justin Fields kept them in games single-handedly. They have the number one overall pick with close losses Those don't count. There are no moral victories. But without him, it could have been a lot worse uh, with the way he uh, led the team and, I mean, outpaced a lot of teams in rushing, even backs in rushing. And the former top draft pick for the Bears uh, a couple of years ago is now saying, hey, uh, put me in a dome so I can compete at the highest level every single week. I'd love that given the circumstances I'm playing with. He'd also love an offensive line upgrade and help at wide receiver.
2: I agree with what he's saying, and I understand that the reasoning. I hate that he's saying it for this reason. We had Brian Urlacher on last week at the Super Bowl. Yeah, We talked to Brian Urlacher about this, and he said, it's just not Bears football. You're supposed to play in the elements. Our fans enjoy that part of it. You know, they tolerate it. They know that it's part of being a Chicago Bears fan, is you're gonna have two, three games a year that's gonna be miserable from a weather standpoint or a cold standpoint or a wind standpoint. And we relish with that that with the Bears. And being a if you're a lifelong Bears fan or you're a big part of the organization like Brian Erlacher, those guys relish that. So I hear that and I think, well of course, any quarterback wants perfect conditions and perfect footing and all of that at all times, but I don't want the Chicago Bears quarterback saying that. And I think Justin Fields is the Chicago Bears quarterback. Maybe he's repeating a company line knowing they're going to be indoors and he's just saying what they want him to say. But I would prefer him say, you know, hey, this is part of the Bears organization. This is part of our history. He's playing in some of the craziest weather games in the history of the NFL. I'm happy to be a part of that and ended it there. Again, I understand what he's saying. I know why he's saying it. I just wish he didn't if I'm a Bears fan. And you're right. It's
0: the oldest stadium in the league. Um, having been there, don't trust the temperature on outside. The wind coming in, it's up Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Chicago. Uh, some of the coldest games I've been outside for, and it was like 50 degrees that day in Chicago, but freezing on the field based on the conditions. You can use that to your advantage. Uh, Buffalo comes to mind, too. Don't put a dome in the new stadium in Buffalo. Yeah,
2: I mean, look, if Josh Allen said, you know, I really want to play in a dome. This is bad. These conditions up here in Buffalo, Mm -hmm. I'd I'd prefer a dome for the rest of my career. I'd I'd hate that even worse, but I hate hearing that from Justin Fields. And maybe I'm too old school on this, but I think of certain places, you've been there, Hutton, and you talked about the wind cutting you like a knife in these places. You talked about, you know, your hands and your phone freezing in Kansas City. Kansas City, Buffalo, Buffalo. Um, Chicago, Green Bay, when I say those places in the NFL, the first thing that comes to mind is not 72 degrees and sunny. Mm -hmm. It is freezing. It is windy. It is snowy. It is a pain in the ass for another team to come in there and play you. And it's an advantage for the home team in those settings, or at least it's supposed to be. I know it's not always the case, and guys don't always want to play in that. I get it. But I love that part of the NFL, and I love that part of, the, of those franchises. And maybe some
0: are saying, like, oh, maybe he wants to be traded. Maybe they're going to trade him. Uh, look, they have roughly right now around $100 million in cap space, the Chicago Bears do. What were we talking about eight months ago? If you look at all the second- and third-year quarterbacks and the investment around them, the team that did the least – or the Chicago Bears around Justin Fields. It's time to invest in him and around him the same way we've seen other teams in the NFC, AFC, invest in their young quarterbacks and see what he can do before you punt him and try to draft one of the other young quarterbacks. Because if you're not going to invest in the new young quarterback, what's the point of you know, laying up with Justin Fields after you've already traded to go get him a couple of years ago?
2: Yeah, I, look, Justin Fields has not been given a fair hand. In, in Chicago so far, and I, I I look at him as the jury is very much out. I could see him having a Daniel Jones-type breakthrough season, maybe next year, but very soon. So I think he can do really well in, in the league. I also don't think he's in a place of power in terms of leverage. No, no. Right now where he could say, hey, you guys have mistreated me. I want to get traded. Um, I, look, I've said it before. It would not shock me if uh, a Panthers or a Colts or someone traded up to number one, because they were that in love with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, mm-hmm. and drafted them number one, and then the Bears would be moving on. Uh, or, I'm sorry, the Bears then would be you know married to Justin Fields. In that scenario, I've never really thought about a Justin Fields trade, right? And them drafting one of these guys number one. Nothing shocks me, but what they would get in return, I just don't know that it makes sense other than building up the offense around Justin Fields and giving him a fair shake. And you had you've got – Ryan Pulse, who came
0: in from Kansas City and has been maneuvering the roster, making trades, freeing up cap space for this year. This is the year where you can actually invest in your overall young roster and take advantage of your young quarterback who's on a rookie salary. Right? Like, that's, that's the other point here. They can really improve around him and, and take advantage of a guy who's already rushing for, what, 1,200 yards, Set the single season or single game rushing record this season uh, from the quarterback position. I hope they do that more than they do uh, throw in the talent Justin Fields to this point. Matthew Slater, uh, the special teams ace, he is back for his 16th season, making a career on kick and punt coverage, as well as the return game.
2: I always think about two guys when I think about special teams aces. Bill Bates, former Tennessee Vol with the Cowboys for years. Mm-hmm. And a guy we just had on, Steve Tasker of the Bills. Slater's that guy. To, to build a career on special teams the way he has is impressive. 16 years, even more impressive. So kudos to him. Tiger Woods finished his round today in the tournament
0: for through two rounds. He's plus one. And that puts him one shot below the cut line currently. Uh, he was in the morning group after being in the afternoon group in round one. Finishes round two and for the tournament at Riviera in the Genesis Invitational plus one after bogeing the 18th hole, which for him was the ninth hole on the course. Um, I hope he makes the cut. I hope the, the crop of golfers comes back down to him. Chances are better conditions in the afternoon are not gonna allow that.
2: I'm still encouraged by that performance. Yeah. I mean, I, you know it'd have been great to see him over the weekend, but what he was able to do yesterday he tapered off you know, physically you know, mm-hmm. late in the round today, I'm sure, with some of those, those bogeys. But overall, I'm, I'm impressed that he got through the two rounds, didn't have to you know, leave after one round and not come back or any of that. Now, the next step is let's see him in all four rounds in a tournament coming up and see how that goes.
0: Chad, I've added on Netflix in my watch list, Full Swing, the, uh, the Netflix eight-part eight, yeah, eight series, right? I believe uh, so, yeah. Episode series um, on PGA Live and the behind-the-scenes aspect of what's been the last, what, year and a half yeah. of the golf experience?
2: It's really and good. And you've seen episode it, it, one? It starts, in, um, it starts with a PGA Championship in Southern Hills in Tulsa. The first episode is titled Frenemies, and it details Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and their lifelong friendship, playing golf together as kids, against each other in college. They fly to every tournament together on the same private jet. Really, really well done. It's just like Drive to Survive, the F1 series that people it's rave perfect. about. Um, really behind the scenes. I don't think that uh, PGA Tour professionals will let down their guard as much as, you know, the F1 guys, as mm-hmm. an example. But it's still a different side, you see. You know, you don't you don't hear uh, Jordan Spieth, you know, in interviews dropping F-bombs left and right, right, like you're going to see on this. Not that that's the only appeal of the show. But you go behind the scenes, the families, the parents – the coaches, the travel, in and out of places. I'm two episodes in. Episode one was 58 minutes. Episode two was 40. I say that to say not every episode is going to be an hour long. So episode two is Brooks Kepka and the Masters and the Waste Management Open, which we just saw, those two tournaments. Really cool. Highly recommend. If you like Drive to Survive, you'll like this. And,
0: and this is a brilliant uh, idea for access with the success of F1 and what they allowed, and what PGA and Liv are allowing behind the scenes. Well, and keep they in
2: mind, this. this was last year. So where I'm at in the documentary right now, they're just now talking about Phil Mickelson's comments about PGA and Liv. Mm-hmm. So all the players are being shown, being asked about it, and get, Roy's given his answer, Jordan Spieth. And there's reporters interviewed on it saying, there's a lot of chatter about Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and others getting huge offers, but they haven't started to address that yet in the series. So when that happens, then it's going to get really interesting. This documentary series, when those guys start to actually leave for the live tour, it's good so
0: far. Binge worthy for sure. Coming up, Jordan Schultz will join us, NFL insider for the score. We'll talk Rogers, Carr, Be Enemy, and more. That's next. And now, Kick Three Sixty. Hope everyone's having a great Friday. Sixth and Peabody, our location. Everyone here's having a great time. Yeehaw beer, old smoky moonshine. It's
2: never a bad day at Sixth and Peabody. Chad, tonight we're headed to see Adam Sandler. We are. When I tell people that, I don't know what to expect. Yeah, that's exactly what the response is. Everyone says, is this a stand up? Is it a concert? And I, I just say, I think it's both. Like, I think it's just a variety show. Like, I don't, there could be like, uh, play acting and on stage, or could unlike, clips, unlike there could be video clips, there could be a lot of things.
0: Unlike Rihanna, I'm betting there will be special guests.
2: That Adam Sandler's not pregnant? <laughs> well, that... Yeah. Unlike Rihanna, he may be Adam unzipped. Sandler will not be, be, unzipped, not will be not pregnant. pregnant tonight. We feel, we feel confident about that. Um, I think it's going to be fun. It's a big part of uh, our adolescence, I think for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I feel like the clientele at this event tonight in Nashville with Adam Sandler will be all dudes around our age or like 10 years older or to 10 years That's younger a typical event for us we'll be right in the middle right they will be 10 <laughs> years older and 10 years younger and it just all guys that'll be that'll be the adam sandler concert it's going to be a blast though looking forward to it huge uh shout out to my buddy uh hunter briley hunter who uh sponsors us locally with uh, regal realty in, in nashville and our radio affiliate for hooking us up with the tickets tonight big time by him we'll be in a suite that should surprise no one If we go to an event, Hutton, where are we typically?
0: In a suite. Yeah. Yeah, a suite suite. Uh, Jordan Schultz joins us. Always great to be joined by the NFL Insider for the score. Insider for all sports is how we will introduce him. Jordan Schultz uh, with us on OutKick360. Jordan, good to see you, man. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, scenario for you. And I want to get to Derek Carr in a moment, but I, I think it all centers around Aaron Rodgers and what he wants to do. If Rodgers emerges from this darkness retreat, from his cave, if he awakes like Groundhog Day and says, you know what? I saw something and it says, I'm staying. I'm staying with the Green Bay Packers. What do the Green Bay Packers do?
1: I would be very surprised if he's a Packer next year. If he comes back and says, I really want to be here. Let's run it back. I don't know how you say no to that considering where the roster is. Um, the synergy that he's built with Matt LaFleur. I mean, it's not perfect, but yeah. that would be really hard to say no to. I just don't see a scenario where that happens. I mean, my listen, he's owed, I think, something like 50 million next year from them. He ultimately, I think the Jets, I mean, that's that's their guy, that's their top target. I know Derek Carr is there today, but They still want Aaron Rodgers. I I think the ultimate for them is him for two years to help get this young roster that's very talented um, to the next level. But to answer your question, I, I guess I would be really surprised if that happened. And if it did, I guess they would also have to think long and hard about what they want because we do know it's a soap opera every year. And Jordan Love He may not have had a great first three years in terms of not playing, but his mechanics and where he's at now compared to when he came out out of Utah State, it's like night and day. I mean, I've talked to really smart football people, much smarter than me, that talk about Jordan Love as as being a real guy.
2: Well, and that sort of leads into my question. You know, there was a time when Jordan Love was drafted. It was clear Aaron Rodgers was done with the Packers and sort of had to get coaxed back in and told all the right things to be back on board. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is probably out on being a Packer and wants to move on and try something else. But is the feeling mutual now? Do you feel like the Packers are probably also in a state of, yeah, we're good, we're good. If you want to move on, and we'll try to find you a spot, right? Is that is this a mutual thing at this point?
1: I think it is. I think it would benefit both sides because because really, I mean, if you look at Green Bay, um, they have. They have some decisions to make. Whether it's uh, Bakhtiari, um, uh, Rashan Gary, uh, ultimately, um, you know, Randall Cobb could retire. They, they have guys that have been there, Mercedes Lewis, a long time that they've kept there in large part because they want to make sure Aaron's happy, and he is. You know, he won back-to-back MVPs just the last, you know, right before this season, and obviously they won a Super Bowl. They've had tremendous success, but where the roster is now. To me, it just it. Listen, I know they can be competitive, but it makes the most sense for both sides to move on, considering what's happened at the end of each season in the last several years. I mean, it's it's almost eerie how similar it is to Brett Favre and how things ended with him, and how Aaron supplanted sub- supplanted him, and now you have Jordan Love, who's in his mid twenties, was a first round pick, and I think is probably ready to be the starter. And to me, it would make sense for him to ask for a trade if they go back to Aaron Rodgers because he's sat so long and he, he, he knows the offense now. So. And then Aaron can go somewhere else. Maybe it's Vegas with, with Devontae Adams and, and Josh McDaniels. Maybe it's the Jets, but I think it would behoove both sides. Rodgers in New York with the Jets, with
0: that young roster, and yeah, I mean, there's so many things to point to as to why it would work. So can you make the same case for Derek Carr if you are Woody Johnson, saying we're a veteran quarterback away, we would love Rodgers, but we can do it with Derek Carr. How tough of a reach is that to make?
1: I think Derek Carr, well, put it this way. Would you rather have four years of Derek Carr or one or two of Rodgers? I mean, because that's that's ultimately what you're asking as well. Not just the age, Carr's 32, Rodgers is pushing 40, but also just knowing what we know, sorry, but also just knowing what we know, about Rodgers and how things play out with him. So I I, I, I think Rodgers happy and healthy is still a big jump from Derek Carr. I think Carr, you know, I know he's a four-time pro bowler, but he hasn't really done it. He, he's never been a successful playoff quarterback. And I know Rodgers has had some disappointing exits, but he's won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That roster, you talked about it. I mean, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore offensively, and then they they drafted really well defensively. Sauce Gardner, obviously, Jermaine Johnson. I mean, they, they have a lot of guys, Quincy Williams, Quinn Williams. We'll, we'll see what happens in free agency. But that team, I don't know if they're if they're uh an Aaron Rodgers away from winning the Super Bowl. But if they had Aaron Rodgers to me, they're an 11 12 win team. They're in the mix. Derek Carr, I think, gets you, you know, double-digit wins, perhaps, but you're not that threat that you would be with Rodgers. That that's so that's super scary. Either way. They're, it's not going to be Zach Wilson. They, they realized that was a colossal mistake. I don't know what's going to happen, if they're going to trade him or not, but they know they need a quarterback, and I think they are exhausting all options.
2: Yeah, Jordan, my answer to your question is I'd rather have a Super Bowl, and I think the chance of winning a Super Bowl with two years of Rodgers is far greater than four years with Carr. So I, I'm with you on that. My question would be, what are the Saints with Derek Carr? Mm. Another team he's visited, what, what does Derek Carr do for that team right now, given their roster?
1: I don't really, I mean, I like it for them. I mean, he he has the connection with Dennis Allen. They're really hoping, guys, that Michael Thomas becomes the Michael Thomas he was three years ago when he was an All-Pro. I think if he was an average player, he wouldn't have been on that roster, and they wouldn't have been as patient as they've been. I think he's a great player, and they hope that a guy like Derek Carr can uh, give him that rejuvenation. Um, and then they And then they drafted Chris Olave, who... Was had a phenomenal rookie year, so you're 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 giving Carr a couple weapons there. We'll see what happens with Kamara from a legal standpoint, but I think he makes New Orleans better. The NFC South is arguably the softest division in the league, especially with with Tom retiring. So he he makes them better, but he doesn't put them over the top. If you bring in Derek Carr, if you're the Saints and you have a let's say a four year commitment, um, you're saying to your fan base that we're not really rebuilding but we're also thinking about um building we're not rebuilding but we're thinking about how to build around Derek carr and his skill set because at his age he we we believe he's a top 10 quarterback i mean he was scheduled to make 40.4 million dollars he won't get that number obviously in new orleans or anywhere else but i think the saints you know mickey loomis is the gm is an old school guy I don't think he wants to wait. And it does send a message to your fan base that we're trying to be competitive.
0: At Schultz underscore report is where you can follow Jordan Schultz of the score. Um, So Greg Roman out in Baltimore. They have an extensive search, plenty of interviews. Lamar Jackson reportedly involved in this search. And we see that Todd Munkin ends up taking this job, moving from Georgia, joining John Harbaugh in Baltimore. But you had the report earlier this week, Jordan, that... Lamar Jackson was not guaranteed to be part of the equation mm-hmm. with their new selection at offensive coordinator. With all of that in mind, is that just Baltimore thinking from their end, we're not really sure what Lamar is going to come back with and want to do?
1: I I I was uh pretty surprised to hear from multiple people that they were not given assurances, the OC candidates. That Lamar would be there next year uh, because if you're if you're hiring an OC, you generally want to know what your quarterback who your quarterback is because that's going to help inform your your decision making process. And, and Todd Munkin, I mean, I like the hire. He's going to be a lot different than Greg Roman. I think the idea is to keep Lamar a little bit more upright in the pocket, try to protect him. He's missed 34% of his snaps the last two years, 11 games. So they realize that he's 26. He's a former league MVP. I think they're probably going to tag him exclusively, so he won't be able to negotiate with other teams. And you essentially push this down a year. You could also tag and trade him. I mean, there, there's a lot of possibilities, but I was surprised to learn that offensive coordinator candidates, and there were a lot of them, were not guaranteed that Lamar would be back next season. Um, you, you mentioned something too. I can't remember who reported it, but I did read somewhere that Lamar, I, I want to say, and I don't quote me on this, but I want to say. He he had the opportunity to be involved, but it was almost like he didn't want to be involved. He wasn't interested. Um, I did see some I did see that floating out there. I haven't asked to so, confirm it, but that's interesting.
0: I guess I guess from your with who you've talked to, they didn't confirm that he was a part of it, a part of the interview process.
1: I I didn't even, to be honest, I didn't even ask. Uh I was so focused on what was happening with Lamar in terms of were the coordinator candidates yeah. getting assurances that he'd be there next year? And the fact that they weren't given any assurances and there was a legitimate, like, we really don't know from, from John Harbaugh says a lot to me. Uh, and again, I he doesn't have an agent too. And so when you're extracting information from an insider standpoint, you have you basically have three options. You have the team, the agent, and the player. And you you want at least generally if you can get two, you're in pretty good shape. But he Lamar's not talking. Uh, the team has been pretty quiet, and so and there's no agent, so it's tough to gather. That's why I think anyone that says I know exactly what's happening there,
2: I I don't really buy it. So one team to me that's the outlier that had been some different reports from you know some big NFL insiders like yourself that link the Titans to both Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers in a trade. And to me, it's the one that's a little bit out of place given their current quarterback situation because the other teams are the obvious ones that definitely need a quarterback and have a decent roster around that quarterback spot. Is there any validity to the Titans being interested in trying to upgrade, or is it even an upgrade if it's Derek Carr instead of Ryan Tannehill? I got a lot of questions about that team being reported.
1: Is Derek Carr an upgrade? Uh, I, I mean... Maybe a little bit, but Tennessee was there. They're two seasons away removed from being the number one seed in the AFC. Um, I told you I thought Rand Carthon was going to be a great hire, and I I really believe that. And I think him and Vrabel will find that synergy. Um, I I don't know if I haven't dug on that yet about about ten or about Rogers and Carr potentially going to Tennessee because I think it, if you ask me what I think is going to happen, I think Rogers, I think the Jets. And the Raiders, it's going to be one of those two. And I waffle back and forth on it, but I think it's going to be one of those two. And I still think Carr is going to the Saints. So I guess that almost answers your question. I I would be surprised.
2: Yeah, no, and you said you you love Rand Carthon as the pick for GM for the Titans. How hard is it, though, to try to predict something with a guy who's never been a GM before? Because I'm sure there's a lot of guys you look at in the league and say, I could see this guy doing X, or I could see them swinging big at this position for that. We don't really know with with Rand Carthon until he pulls off the big move, like you know John Robinson pulled off in sure. trading the number one pick back in 2016.
1: Yeah, I, I would go back to you know pedigree and and what your situation is where, where you came from, and they obviously had the director of pro personnel in San Francisco. They had a tremendous amount of success, and they were able to find quarterbacks, not necessarily. That were considered marquee guys. They obviously traded up a lot. They got Trey Lance. We haven't we, we, to be determined there. Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevant. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, they traded for um, with with New England. Didn't give up a ton. So you know, you th- you think about that, and you would surmise from that that perhaps there wouldn't be a massive move at quarterback. But I, I don't know if it's just looking at it from realistically. Like I don't know how much sense it makes. To bring back Tannehill, like I, I maybe it's a cut, maybe it's a trade, but I I, I would be surprised if he ends up QB one heading into next season. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Malik Willis, but from a Tannehill perspective, I'd be surprised. And Rand, you know, his background is scouting, and he did a hell of a job. If you think about some of the mid round picks they hit on, you know, Dre Greenlaw, uh, Fred Warner. Um, so I, to me, the, the draft would make a lot of sense. And then you can reset the clock from a quarterback standpoint on, on, and, and, and your cap. So that's, I guess, what I would, I would surmise. But give me, I tell you what, I'm going to be at the combine. I'll be, I'll be taught, you know, give me a couple, give me another week or two and I'll get more info for you because I know this is a Titan show. The roster is pretty good though. I mean, there's a lot to like about it. They need weapons, they need offensive line, but there's still a lot to like about that roster.
2: Just, just for my sake, do a favor for me when you're at the combine and uh, let's find out about Hinden Hooker and the possibility of Hendon Hooker being a first-round pick. That's just something that interests me, and I don't know if it's where the Titans pick, but if there's a trade-down scenario or if that's a guy that, you know, a Titans-like team that's sort of on the end of having a good quarterback would would maybe explore.
1: I'd say Hendon Hooker is one of the most interesting prospects in the entire draft, a a, a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously, you guys know him well just down the road in Knoxville, but but he, he has... A really interesting skill set. He's he's got a really good arm, a live arm, and he's coming off the injury. But I was told he's making great progress. He he has competed at the highest of levels, Virginia Tech and Tennessee, and dominated. And I mean, he was a Heisman front runner for most of the season. And he throws a beautiful ball. And I am not a quarterback guru, but I've asked scouts about him, and I I, I don't know where he's going to go in the draft. I think he's going to go higher than people think because I. He, he checks off all the character stuff. He's phenomenal. He's going to be good on the board. He's f- super smart. And then he, he just, his arm talent is really impressive. He's physically big. He's obviously older. I think he'll be 24. He's 24, which is not like super ideal, but he's a guy that, uh, yeah, he would make a lot of sense for the Titans. He'd make a lot of sense for a lot of teams. And I think he's going to end up going much earlier than people anticipate. Jordan Schultz, our guest,
0: it, it, Feels as though um, you need a couple of weeks to gauge some things on prospects, right? Maybe a couple. the, dra- of- yeah, the
1: draft stuff tends to yeah. fall into place after the combine and when free agency really after those first couple weeks of free agency.
0: And maybe a couple of hours until we know about Eric Bieniemy. I-, I just looked; I haven't seen a report that he's actually officially the new OC in Washington. It feels like it's headed that way. Um, I got the sense even last year, and-, and certainly based on comments from Andy Reid, this right after the Super Bowl. I don't get the sense Kansas City's trying to keep him around, um, which again I think also plays a factor in this. I, I think that 30,000-foot view is, oh, he wants to leave to get out from an, underneath Andy Reid. I don't, I don't get the sense that the comments I'm hearing from players or coaches, it's not your typical, hey, we love this guy. We got to
1: keep him. Am I wrong? I, I think they'd like to keep him, but I feel like... Um Listen, Andy Reid has been super proactive in terms of saying how helpful mm-hmm. and um talented enemy is. And it's it's when you watch Super Bowl, you see some of their creative play calling. I mean, Andy Reid gets the credit that for that I don't know how fair it is because I think it's really a split. I mean, he is a great offensive mind, but enemy is 53. His resume is as good as anyone's. Yes. It makes a lot of sense that he go to Washington. He he I reported it yesterday. That they they they've wanted Ron Rivera has wanted Bienemmy to be the guy. He's been there for two days. They had they had dinner back to back nights. I think he will be the offensive coordinator. But then you also have you know I mean Matt Nagy was brought in by Brett Veach and he would then assume essentially the offensive coordinator position. And so I guess you could tie that together and and but Kansas City would I think at the end of the day would would love for BNME to be back. I just think realistically. Both sides realize that it's probably best for him, especially if he wants to be a head coach and really get that opportunity to go to a place like Washington, for example, develop Sam Howell, who they 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 really like in that inside that building. I mean, I just had Jahan Dotson on my show, and he was raving about him, and I've heard that a lot. If he were to develop Sam Howell and get that offense humming even a year or two, he, he would have an opportunity to be a head coach potentially. So I think they like him back, but I think realistically both sides realize it's probably best for him to move on.
0: What do you think of the staff that Sean Payton's putting together in Denver?
1: He's not done, um, but he is. This is why Sean Payton is such a good coach. It's not just the week-to-week preparing game plan and developing a quarterback. It's putting together a staff and being the CEO. This is what the This is what um, the uh, Pender family wanted. That they wanted a, a head coach who could be a CEO and collaborate with George Payton. And maybe that takes some of George Payton uh, power away a little bit, but it also gives him an opportunity to uh, focus a lot more on scouting and and have an opportunity to have a head coach who can build a staff that is a professional staff. I mean, they had some really good pieces there last year. They lost to D.C. That was a killer. But ultimately, Nathaniel Hackett, as a first-time head coach, wasn't ready to be in that position. I think he's a really good offensive coach, but he didn't command that locker room. He lost that locker room really early on, and and we saw what happened. So this is this is why you have Sean Payton. This is why you give up what you did, why you pay him $20 million or whatever it was, because he's going to put together a staff that's going to empower the players to maximize in a way that they just couldn't do with Hackett.
0: Jordan, final thing, uh, final 60 seconds or so. Chad, we always – Teased Jordan, about talking NBA. Yeah, we need to tell him about this All-Star Game draft.
2: Yeah, he's an NBA insider. Is this Your report thoughts? true that they want to do away with making someone the last pick and have them feel bad, so they want to have the reserves picked first and then the starters taken after?
1: I saw that, and I think... I can't remember who it was last year, but somebody got picked last, and it wasn't great. It was just kind of bad PR. So I would... I really shifted, honestly, toward the NFL inside of really, you know, just with that. But it, it, you're dealing with the ultimate alpha male egos of NBA All-Star and then to be picked
2: last. It's, it's just, it's not. But it's, they're, it's they're being picked different. last of the All-Stars. <laughs> I know, I mean, but nobody wants to like, I, I think like the old era, you know, what the alpha mentality would be oh, please pick me last because I'm going to let you hear about it when I put up 30 on you against your team again. Yeah. Hey, you shouldn't have picked me last in that All-Star game. Uh, this is really some ego protection to the next level, I think, when I saw this it it, it, is, it is,
1: but I I feel like th- this was only a matter of time because that did not sit well last year. And I don't think anybody, even at this level, wants to be last. Imagine like you have the Pro Bowl, let's say Derek Carr, and he's picked last as the quarterback. He's a four-time Pro Bowler, but then it's like I'm actually last. My peers pick me last. That, that that nobody wants that. That's tough. Just rough.
0: What I what I see this that they have to play it's a to the life, last. Rough peer. life for those NBA I mean, All Stars. Some every kid on the playground is picked last, and some you don't pick yeah, the that's true. I mean, that's true. It's not the hardest thing to be picked last and then ball out like Chad and I had. To I do. take
2: the Billy Hoyle approach from White Men Can't Jump. I pray I <laughs> get <that laughs> last jump. so yeah. I can go get my set shot over in the corner and you know bury a yeah. couple threes and. And make them pay for it. Jordan, appreciate you, man. You're you're our first pick for NFL
0: News. We appreciate you as always. Yeah, no,
1: I appreciate you guys. Anytime. Thank you. Thanks, Jordan.
0: Appreciate you. At Schultz underscore report there from the score. Great stuff, as always, uh, from Jordan. Coming up, um, plenty to discuss. We've got uh, Daytona news in about 15 minutes or so from our Zach Dean from Alkick, who's there at Daytona for the Daytona 500. But when we come back, there is football starting up as well. The XFL is back. Is it too soon? That's Naxx and kick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Sixth and Peabody, our location with eHop here and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hunt and Withrow with you. Chad, the XFL is back. Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson behind it this go-around. Um... I need to be hooked the problem with the spring leagues it needs to start at quarterback they've got the coaches they've got the fanfare they've got they're bringing back the logos and all that it's got to start at quarterback and all those quarterbacks yeah. are under contract with the league
2: the rock needs to play quarterback for me to get interested yeah it's too quick i think this is the fault of it right like it's you need too- like
0: a month or so like the usfl
2: yeah and look i you know, I'm not saying this because I'm biased because we've been around the USFL. I would have said this from the start. I don't think what America craves the Sunday or the week after the Super Bowl is a lesser product than the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think you need to tease it out a bit. I, I think that time frame of USFL from Easter to uh, J- July 4th is perfect. Like Wait that long, get, Easter through, weekend. get through college basketball, get into the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, do your league then. We'll see if it works. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing the idea, I'm just saying too quick, for my liking. Did you see where T. Martin is interviewing for the offensive
0: coordinator position in Indianapolis? I did not. They've requested to uh, chat with him, with T. That'd
2: be a big, um, you know, he's been offensive coordinator, I'm trying to think if T's ever been solo OC in college. I feel like he's always been the co-offensive coordinator. Maybe at, uh, maybe at Kentucky, he was the offensive coordinator. But he's always, uh, you know, he's, he's, been a col- he's not, never been an NFL coordinator.
0: No, but um, clearly, he likes the NFL game, right? Because he could have he's he's had multiple opportunities to return to the college game, the coaching aspect of it.
2: I think the places he's been now, USC, Tennessee, mm-hmm. it's going to take a really good job. To to currently, he's college. currently the
0: wide receivers coach in Baltimore. Yeah. And Shane Steichen. It's going to take a really
2: good job, though, to get back into college, I'm saying.
0: Shane Steichen has uh, requested to interview him for the OC position, but Steichen's going to call plays. Keep that in mind, too.
2: Yeah, he was a uh, solo offensive coordinator at, uh, at USC, but I always thought that, like, Tyson Helton was a part of that, too. Remember when, that, when yep. Jeremy Pruitt yeah, hired code. Tyson yeah, Helton? Yeah, you're right. you're right. One was passing game coordinator, one was run game coordinator. So, and Helton got the He is he's held the title of offensive coordinator. My point is he's not been an NFL offensive coordinator and completely run the show to that level. So that, that, I I'd, I'd like to see how how he would do with that. This time of year, unfortunately,
0: it's the start of college baseball season. Way too early. Way too early with the cold temperatures across the country and the cancellations that we'll see uh due to weather and inclement weather. Not too early though for NASCAR Daytona 500.
2: Time now, to is crank the it time. Up. now is the time for NASCAR, Hudson. I say that every year at this time. Now is the
0: time for NASCAR. Zach is uh, down there on behalf of Outkick. We will chat with him about the big headlines and who is the underdog winner. We saw it last year. Who could it be in 2023? Zach Dean next on Outkick 360.